0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.
1: The TalkSport
2: Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants. 18 plus reward registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and time supply. See McDonald's.com. The Talk sport fan network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident.
0: Of Bristol City podcast, now entering its third year. And we're going to do another one of our midsummer musings, although a lot's happened in a couple of three weeks since we did the last one. Joining me today are two uh, voices or contributors on various social media platforms uh, Ian, Ian Gay, who's a regular contributor to uh, um, this podcast, and uh, somebody who has a high profile in his own right as XR Robin. I know Paul for a long time as well, Paul Binning. Welcome, gentlemen. Morning, Morning. Morning Dave. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, are we, all, are we all enjoying the summer break? It's not going to be long before it's over, really, is it?
3: You first, Paul. Yeah, I'm, I must admit, I do enjoy the summer break. I enjoy the not having to think about getting to games, how you're going to get there, what you're doing. It's nice to have a few uh, few weeks off. So, And it's coincided, obviously, with... Um, I coach kids for kids' football teams, so it's obviously coincided with them having a break, too. So it's quite nice to have just a few... Uh, Two extra hours in the week just to get a few things done. Enjoy the enjoy the relative sunshine. But yeah, yeah. I, I do do look forward to a break. Um, although saying that, I do a love a love a World Cup of the year, a year as year as well. Obviously, yeah,
0: yeah. What about you, Ian? Have you been uh,
4: up to much since we last spoke on here? Um, well, I've, I've done. I've, I've done. I've spent part of time in Madeira, part of time <laughs> here. Um, <clears throat> I've I've managed somehow, don't ask me how, to not have the problems at the airport you had when I know when you went away to Cyprus. Um a little bit of charity cricket. I've been watching the England test team with wide-eyed amazement. Um first innings against uh, India. I thought we'd reverted to type uh, for a bit, but oh no. Um Bearstow saves the day and and then we bowled really well in the second for most of the second inning. So it's set up for a grandstand finish today, so uh, let's hope Root and Bearstow, uh and Stoats can uh, see us over the line. Hopefully, hopefully they will. Yeah, was it 117 I think they need today, isn't it? With- 119. 119,
0: close, close enough. Yeah, you're right, Ian. I mean, I, <clears throat> I had a week in Cyprus uh, last week, which was memorable for the six-hour delay at Bristol Airport, flying out and then checking into a hotel at three in the morning and then coming back. A two hour delay and then sat on the runway at uh, Bristol Airport, half past one in the morning for a further hour when uh, five EasyJet planes, all six actually, all landed within 25 minutes, three on time and three late, and they couldn't get any stairgate to us. But uh, mm-hmm. there we go. Um, what I want to talk about today, guys, is what we think of our transfer of business so far. Yeah, and then let's look at who's, who's left, who's gone. I've got a list of all the out of contract players. Uh, and then we'll talk a bit about what the other clubs have done and how we think we might line up on uh, the opening day of the season, which is only uh, four weeks. Is it four weeks? On No, it's three weeks on Saturday, three. isn't it? Three weeks on Saturday, yeah.
3: Three weeks Saturday,
0: yeah. Yeah, three, 21, 21 days. 24 days to the start of the season. Unbelievable. OK, you first, Paul. I mean, we did our business early this year with Kloss, I'm including Kloss in there, Kloss, Wilson, mm. Sykes and Naismith. That lifted everybody's spirits. It was a bit like summer of twenty fourteen, wasn't it? What were your thoughts on those guys
3: coming in? Yeah, I think it's always good to get your business done as early as possible, isn't it? From everyone's point of view, I think you know the players settle. Pearson gets to see them. You know all the the myriad of backroom staff who do all their fitness checks and you know whatever they get to see them early and get to get their baselines in place. It's got to be a good thing. And obviously the players you know get to know the squad and get to know the coaching staff. Um, you yeah, know and what's expected of them. So I think yeah, having them in early is is excellent. Um, I think it was a very, very solid piece of business but, you know, with four of them to different levels. I think getting close was one that the majority of fans would want at the end after the end of last season. He looked the most assured defender we had and the most communicative defender we had, I felt, in, in, from what I saw. Um, Kane Wilson's probably the poster boy, almost, of a summer window so far, mm. being the player of the year. And it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because normally you just go inside a League Two player and a lot of people are a bit... Of, Bit naysayerish about it, but I think the fact he's got so much hype from, you know the various goal and assist videos and being player of the season, obviously, has, has led a lot of fans to be very excited by him. Um, Naismith, well, where that came from, yeah, we'll never know. I think that's a, something. That's a well, Nathan Jones certainly didn't know where that came from. Did he? No, he said. Well, he said, <laughs> So he said. So he said. But I mean, I mean, that's a, that's a great sign. You know, to get to get a player of that quality from a side that was in the top five and six last year is yeah, was a great coup um, and one we you know, we obviously. Stole a bit of the march on on rivals. And I think Sykes, I think he's just, yeah, we you always need to sign some squad players, and I suspect that's what he'd likely to be. I suspect he's a little bit of a punt. He's free, he's available, he's got a bit of talent, he's versatile, which Pearson clearly likes. He's mentioned on a number of occasions. Yeah. Um, I suspect he's a little bit of a punt in terms of yeah, let's get him in, let's have a squad play. He can cover two or three positions. Yeah, um, and he's you know, athletic, sort of he's
0: got that speed and what have you yeah. he really likes. To yeah. me, he seemed a bit like of a so, I'll get the pronunciation right after all this time. Smolix, He's in that mold, sort of thing. You know, he's, he's, he's yeah, as you say, he's potentially a squad player. Ian, we did our business early and we've been criticized for that in the past, and it strengthened areas that. Needed strengthening. Sykes being maybe the slightly uh, punts uh, a bit like Arnold Garita was a few years ago, a fifty grand punts. Uh, I hope he's better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, your thoughts on the guys of uh, coming in, which we include Kloss, even though he was here. I mean that that to me is a good a good one uh, to bring in. But your thoughts on the others as well?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll always put the I'll put the same caveat. On with uh, Tim Closer, as I did with Nathan Baker at the the start of last season, providing he can stay fit, he's a really good signing. Uh, I think he's a quality player. As a defender, I think the first yard's in his head, which is important when you get to 34. Um, We, in in terms of Mark Sights, six foot, skillful, quick. uh, Described to me by Oxford fans, and, and they're normally the people that you listen to because they've seen the guy home and away week in, week out. Uh First thing I asked them, it, it can he play right wing back? And they said, not really. But I suppose if you could put him there and he'd do a job for you. Uh, so I said, well, what is he then? They said, well, he is a right-sided midfield player who can either play wide right-side midfield, so not actually a winger, but an up, what I'd call an up-and-downer. Um, Josh Brownhill played there for us a few times. It wasn't his best position, but... Um, or he can he can come in one and play in a midfield three uh, or a midfield two, doesn't mind a tackle and score a few goals. Um, Kane Wilson, we've all seen the videos, but I think we have to temper our optimism with the fact that he he was, okay, he was League Two player of the season, but it was League Two. And as we know, it's a big step up. Um, <clears throat> we brought... We brought Rob Atkinson in and Rob started well, then got injured, then got ill, then lost form and then came back towards the end of the season. Yes. So it's not easy. We saw the same thing with George Tanner, who I hope has got over his, his double hamstring. Um, but I think that is an example of where the step up can come a bit soon and they can play a few too many games. So I, I'm cautiously optimistic about all of our signings. Naismith, I, I agree with Paul, is the key one because we needed a left sided, powerful uh, central defender, particularly as it looks like um, Nathan. I mean, Nathan Baker's in the last year of his contract, and Nigel Pearson has said, I don't expect to see him this year. So you can almost say that we've lost three centre backs in Nathan, Robbie Cundy, and Taylor Moore. So, uh, but I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about all our signings. I like doing business early because you can integrate the players. They can you can uh, Pearson's obviously got in his mind the formation that he's going to play and where the players fit in that formation. And I think that's something we could talk about possibly. Well, we will, we will. But we will. I'm pleased uh, overall, pleased. But I think we still need not including a goalkeeper, who I understand is still going to join. Um, I think we need another three players on top of that. Well, we'll talk about where we need those. Um,
0: In in a moment, Paul, um, Robbie Cundy was gone. Um, I I guess the lure of first-team football at Barnsley was um, uh, the, the thing that made the difference. Or do you think... Pearson thought he could do better. Do we we know if Cundy was offered anything or what do you think? Uh,
3: Yeah, I think that he was offered something. I'm not sure it was a huge amount. Um, And I think he was probably told, given the signings, he was going to be fifth or sixth choice. And I think, you know, some, some might have said that sounds harsh, but if you list the names in front of him, he was going to be fifth or sixth choice. So, I think the age, stage of career he's at, the fact that he's been here three years now, I think, Yeah. Um, being out on various loans, it. I mean, it, actually, I think it's a great move for him, isn't it? There's not many, you know, not many better clubs I think you could join in League One with their record of being up and down and, and you yeah, know, the way they play football. So, it's a good move for him at this stage and, you know, yeah, good luck, good luck to him, I'd say. Yeah,
0: and Callum, uh, when, I mean, yeah, everybody knows on this podcast, I was never Callum's... Uh, biggest fan but um, you know you look, we'll look back in years gone by on on Callum and see a player that uh, didn't really achieve the full potential and hopefully we haven't done the same with the, the kiddie sights that we've got who likewise came from uh, uh, Oxford Oxford United uh, Paul, Ian's mentioned uh, Nathan Baker I, I, I think you know it's pretty clear just from what Nigel said that he won't play this season and that probably with his contract up next year that's it for Nathan and we're really sad to see what's happened there looking at the players that are out of contract in the summer um you know Awara Edwards he's um he's gone uh to uh is it Ross County where he's gone to recently days. Awara Edwards has gone Saiku Jenner um he's gone to Cambridge hasn't he yes yeah Taylor Moore's that's joining. That's a permanent. The, that's uh, right. Yeah, that's permanent. Mm-hmm. Um, Taylor Moore, that's a loan to the end of the season, but that means ta-da to him because he, Nigel's yeah, never yeah. been a fan. He's joining the Bristol City Old Boys at Shrewsbury. James Morton, who never really clipped in. Um, he's gone, is it Notts County he's gone to? Is that right? Yeah. I think James Morton, that's a deal. Casey Palmer, we all know, has gone to Coventry. I mean, that will go down when we look back 10 years as one of the the biggest wastes of, uh, of, of money. Um, Paul, Max O'Leary, um, this talk, as Ian's just alluded to, with uh, if it is Stefan Badgett coming in, um, do you think Max O'Leary is one that could leave before? And is Badgett experienced enough to be a number two at the Championship? That, that's what, because to me, O'Leary didn't really let us down, but he didn't claim the spot last year when he had the chance. What, what do you think is going to happen with O'Leary, Paul?
3: Yeah, I, I've long held with Bjorn O'Leary, actually. And it was, you know, I would say it's before even he fumbled a few corners and a few bits and pieces last season. But he's OK. He's a very, very creditable goalkeeper. I don't think he's championship standard. And I think, you know, it's OK being in number two at that level and coming in for five, six games if you need to an injury. He, I never really quite saw that potential to come in and push for number one personally. Um, just my view. And I think, again, it's a good move for him to go out and, yeah, you know, if he can go and get some football somewhere in the last year, prove his worth. But League One effectively is his oyster. Then next season, yeah, the season after next, if he's out of contract, isn't it? He can go have a good year, show how good he is, and hopefully pick up a good deal after that. I think it feels like Pearson has swept out uh, an era, almost of youngsters that have been hanging around for a few years and being here and not playing and going out on loan. You just mentioned five or six of them there, and it feels like there's a whole, you know, a whole list of them who've been around a similar amount of time, maybe uh, three, four years who are just not, they're not quite good enough. And that's not, they're not that's broken not through, have they? They're not broken. No, but no, that's not their fault, it's not the club's fault, they're just not yeah. quite, they're not quite up to it and and he's looking at the younger lot, obviously, like, well, like Scott and Benaroos, but also Pearson and Bell and people like that to now come through and take their space in the squad, so we've, yeah. Yeah, we've got to have a little bit of a clear out They're, there, squad,
0: they're squad blockers, aren't they? But so, to, that's your view on uh, Max, I'll ask Ian's view as well, but also, Tyreek Backinson is on this list, he didn't get invited on the trip, He's more than on the naughty naughty step. I think he's been uh, expelled by Nigel. And Ipswich haven't come knocking in the way that we thought they uh, they might do. I mean, there's nothing worse than having a malcontent player just lurking around the place. What do you think will happen with Tyreek? Yeah, we could give him away almost, really, couldn't we? Paul. Well,
3: sorry, do you mean Paul and me? Paul. Yeah, sticking with Paul. Sorry, sorry. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I think he will be. I think well, whoever, if anyone wants him, they'll be given him for free. I can't imagine we'll look for a fee because you say he's fallen so far out of favour with with Pearson and with the club. That um, there's clearly you know, it's clearly no way back for him there. Um, and again, you know, it's one of these players He's come in. He's had a few, he had a few games in, he a few flashes of potential, but never really established himself, and always always looked a little bit off the pace. You know, most of the time um, when he played. So again, yeah, similar. Similar player and he's been here a few years and just clearly isn't up to the mark the pierce. wants.
4: Time to move on.
0: Yeah, would you agree with those views,
3: Ian, on those two players in
0: particular? Before I mention two more,
4: I think <clears throat> I think Max uh, needs to move. To uh, I, a lot of our players are in that boat, and I put um, Sam Bell and Tommy Conway in there as well. That they, they need forty games in men's football somewhere. So. As
3: a loan, very you mean, Ian? Sorry? As a loan for them, I assume you mean? Yes. Yeah.
4: So, I'd uh, because if, if you look at it, James Morton's on trial, as I understand it, at Notts County. So, they've clearly said to Notts, and he was going to go to Milton Keynes Dons last year, but then they changed their manager. The manager went to Swansea, uh, and that fell through. And um, I've seen James Morton play a few times. He's got a terrific left foot. And he's as good a long-range passer of the ball as anybody at our club. Um, but for some reason, he can't break through. I don't know whether he lacks the physicality. I, I didn't think so when I saw him play. He's a left-sided central midfield player. Um, so, and it, but it may be that others have come forward in the pecking order who will be before him. And I'm thinking of Josh Hours. So yeah,
0: I've got Josh written down as well, and the other youngsters. Yeah,
4: like- I I think hmm. uh, that Max needs to go out. Uh, along with Harvey Walls Richards and play probably Harvey would be a uh, national league or the um, two max would definitely be at least a league one and they need to go out and play. They don't need to go out and warm the bench somewhere else. They need to go out and play games same with uh, because I think there's only so far you can get um, and so well you can do playing under 23 football. Mm. and And I think that's a, there's a number of players that that applies to, but I, I think the idea of of bringing um, Stefan Bajic in isn't to sell Max. Although, like it's like anything else, you can look at players down there and say, well, he's not for sale. But if a fantastic offer comes in, they'll be sold. Um, so, so, but I think the idea is to get him those forty odd games so he can shine. Um, I mean, if you if you've seen the game he had it. Um, Aston Villa the other year. I think we lost the game two one. Yeah, but he made, I would say, at least six world class saves. Yeah, and if you and if you saw that game, you'd go, oh, "My God, why is why is he not playing every week?" But I agree with Paul. He's not just he he just hasn't got that presence that a Bentley that a Bentley has. And I think goalkeepers, with respect, to them are reasonably easy to come by. You can yeah. normally
0: and, ben, and Bentley, after his period out, he did come back and improve goalkeeper, in my opinion. You yeah, know, his distribution yeah. improved. We seem to play it out from. We just seem to play it out from the back more effectively than we had done for big parts of the season. Um, yeah. I'll stick with you, Ian, and then come back to Paul in the same way. Um, again, I'm looking at these players out of contract in the summer of uh, of next year. And two more that, um, and there's some big names in there, but two more with you first, in Naki Wells and Zach Viner. Zach, according to some of the training videos, was featuring in sort of like a midfield type role. And you wonder whether there is some sort of redemption for Zach or whether you think he's going. And then Naki, Preston have allegedly been uh, linked with him, and I know Dave Fevs and a few others who are the financial whiz kids on here have been putting the benefits or not of insisting on a fee for Naki Wells with amortisation and wages, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So you first, Ian, on the Wells and Zach Viner, do you think they will be here and available for selection, I'll say, on the 1st of September when the
4: window shuts? Do you think both of those will be here, Ian? Um <clears throat> I think Zach Viner will be gone. And I think Naki, on everything I've heard and and know, uh, is more likely to be here than not. And I'd put that at probably 70-30. And the reason I'd give is that Pearson wants to keep him. The second reason why he'd be here is uh, Semenyo's injured. Mm. And I think he misses the first six to eight league games of next season. Um, or this season, sorry, I should say. So that's one reason. Now, if it's all right saying, well, we'll let him go and that saves us a million quid here in wages. But if you let him go you and Semenyo's injured, you've definitely got to go out and sign a striker. Yeah. Uh, or you bring one in on, on loan. Either way, it's going to cost you a few bob. Of course. And
0: Pearson's op- appears from a few snippets I've heard has been a bit more open minded on uh, loans. And we have come on to. Uh, certain speculative uh, potential loan players. Yeah, yeah.
4: but that's, that's the way I, I see it with those yeah. two. The yeah. ch- chances are, it depends who else we sign as well, but the chances are that um, if the deal can be done... and The other thing you've got to think of, you're given, giving a championship rival a proven striker, um, who I think's largely been wasted here
0: yeah. Again, another another it waste could, of money on every yeah, level.
3: Really, when you look at it. Yeah. Um, your thoughts on those two, Paul Naki, and Zach? I agree. I think Zach will be gone. I think you know, assuming someone comes in for him, and again, a bit a bit like Taylor Moore, I think he's a good pickup for someone at the right level. Yeah, Whether it's lower end Scottish Premier or League One, maybe you know, he, he's a versatile player. He's he's quite athletic. He's he's got a lot about him. He's just again not quite he's not quite consistent enough and error. Free enough to play at the championship level regularly and consistently so I think it'd be a good good signing for someone wells is really interesting isn't it because Pearson seems to really like him actually he seems to really like him but not quite like him enough as a player to get him in the team and find a spot for him and um, he's a fantio. You know, if we can afford to keep him he's a fantastic option um, I'm not so worried about running down his contract it's not quite the same as Jeju because Jeju when he left in theory, had a value twelve months out, eighteen months out. I'm not sure Wells has got much of a value at his no. age, really. And, you know, and, and dare I
0: say it, Paul, sorry to interrupt that, not having much
3: value, that also applies to Chris Martin, who's out of contract next summer as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, no one's going to pay a fee of any real note for them. So mm. it's not, it's not the same as that situation. I don't think as it, as it was for Jeju. Um, but yeah, if we can have him around for a year as a backup, especially for injury, then then great, yeah, as long as he's not disrupting the dressing room, which it doesn't seem he is. It doesn't seem no. like he's particularly unhappy or certainly not showing he's well, unhappy. I,
0: I, I'd be quite happy as a footballer at 33, picking up allegedly 25 grand a week. You know, and as, as you say, Pearson seems to like him, even though he doesn't uh, pick him. I'll stick with you, Paul, on this. Let me get to some of the more interesting um, players that are out of contract next summer. Um I, we, we won't talk too much about Antoine because his injury... I think he'd have gone had he not picked up that injury and whether it was Celtic or wherever. But because he's not fit, let's pass on Antoine for the moment because, you know, he ain't going to be going anywhere and he can't start the season in three weeks' time, full stop. But two other names in here now, um, Hanoa and Thomas Callas. Callas was very low profile, I noticed, in the Austrian uh, videos that were coming out. But he's there and Hanoa... Um, I would have thought that if a move abroad was going to happen, it might have happened by now. Nigel wants to keep him, by all accounts. Hanoa looked pretty interested, again, on the videos. You know, you can only judge it on how you see them shaping up. Your thoughts on those two? Because, you know, if they don't go now... Mm. they're going to be worth less in January and they can walk next summer so your your thoughts on those two to begin
3: with yeah I think with I think with Masengo it's interesting isn't it because every everything pointed to the fact he was leaving and he looks still probably like he probably is but someone's got to want him and someone's got to certainly pay a fee for him we're not going to let him go for free and then you know cover him so whether there's anyone actually willing and able to do that at the level that he's looking at is is a big question I guess and maybe that's Maybe that's why it hasn't happened to date. Um, traditionally, I know that some of the European leagues start later than us. Whether they are this year because of the World Cup, I'm not sure. But you know, there they can be a little bit of a lag sometimes on overseas transfers in that sense. But they're, you know, they, they, the holidays are a little bit later. They finish later. Um, so there's maybe still on holiday some of the clubs that might be interested in him. Um, can that, again? I think it's been said on this pod and other media outlets and other pods. I think if we got a good bid for him, I think we'd strongly consider it from a wage point of view, from a contract point of view, um, from the fact we've just signed Closer and Naismith, and we've got Atkinson in reserve, you know, in reserve, all, all and, well. and
0: and either not in reserve as
3: well, I mean. yeah. Um, but I mean, that's a, that's a big call, obviously. You know, he, he is, know yeah, be a sort of unofficial leader of a club, even though he had a sort of ill-fated spell as captain. He's he's a big name. He's a big signing. Um, and he's led our defense for, for three to four years now, so it would be a big call. But, um, equally, I can't imagine we're pushing him out. But I think if someone came in with a little dangling offer that was appropriate, they might. And what they might well what I it. mean, if you had
0: to put a number on that,
3: I think I if mean, we offered a couple of million for him. I was gonna say, two and wage, half,
0: if somebody came in off two and a half million tomorrow, you let I him go because I, he's got to prove his fitness, hasn't he? At the start, yeah, and absolutely. He, yeah, I think we definitely. Picking up on your point about foreign clubs, the transfer window doesn't. So we're going to have played six league games, one, maybe two cup games, before the transfer window shuts. Yeah. You know, he could play all of those. And then if he's done well, and the side's done well, he's more than likely going to attract an offer. But then if he's included in the side during that period, you're then disrupting the defence. It's very much in the balance, isn't
3: it? Yeah. Did the Czechs get to the World Cup? They did. Uh, yes, yes, I think, I think they, they did. did. They d- did. they in or not? I'm trying to remember now. I don't. I don't think so. And I know they lost to Scotland. Did he no, no, I can't who lost. You know. No, I'm just wondering yeah. if that was a factor. That might be a factor for him. Obviously, if he did, if he doesn't start at the start of the season, he would potentially be pushing for a move as well. Um, but it's an interesting one, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Say, I think it wouldn't take a huge amount of money for us to go. Yeah, go on then. Let's let's get you out. Let's get that money in. Let's save some wages. Because the value,
0: the amortization is pretty well done, and the yeah. wages coming off as well. Yeah. It's a big one. I mean, Ian, your your thoughts on the, those two briefly, and then the final two on that out of contract, but um, Hanoa
4: and Calas. I think on Calas, I still think he's the best defender at the club. Um, and when I, I saw people putting Oh, oh well, yeah, this is how we should line up. First game of the season, not including Calas. I just think they want their bumps felt. Um, you know, some people I, I, before he left. Some people had Cundy instead of Calas, and and I. T- well, sorry, I just don't get that in in any world. Um, so he's the best defender at the club. Yes, he's one of the more highly paid players because we got him from Chelsea. We paid eight million quid for him. Would we get that back? Not hope in hell. I'd say the bid for me would need to be closer to four, four million. Because don't forget, you keep selling your best players, and and we've got a history of it, and it does come back and bite you. Hence the last two seasons, what we finished nineteenth and seventeenth, and in fairness, we'd have finished eighteenth if Darby and have had a points deduction. Yeah. So let just
0: interrupt you there, Ian, briefly on that, because you said about Calas on paper the best defender of the club. No, he's the but best he... defender on grass Dave. Not all on... right, but it is no coincidence that our best spell. Yes, it is. And you wouldn't play, you wouldn't play Cundy ahead of Calas. But the fact of the matter is, the tail end of the season, without him there, we only lost one game. Now we've been out now and signed Naismith. Yeah, we've been out and signed so you can move. You know, you've almost covered that right side. Yeah, and okay. So if Callas is if Kallas is here on July the 30th,
4: he's in your starting eleven straight up. Yeah, Without absolutely. Questions. And I don't know when you say you can move it over. Who if you play a three? And Kallas isn't in there. Are you going to play on the, the right side of the three? Well, again, we'll talk about shaping the side in a minute, but is, can Kloss play on the right side or is he exclusively left? Well, he could, but he's probably better off in the middle organising things, Would be my, which is where he played last. Yeah, time. but when you talk about
0: having the mid, in the middle organising things, if we have a three, we can have Kloss on the right, Naismith on the left, and they can guide Atkinson through in the middle. So you've got two experienced players there
4: with no... Yeah, with I mean, no, Thomas That's Callis. possible, but I, I still don't see what the downer is you've got on callas. I haven't I haven't got a downer on him. I'm just say,
0: you know I'm just saying. Well for me, you, you know he' he' been, mean, he's, you, been le- he's been heart of a defense that, yeah, you know, has let in a lot of goals, and you know it, I mean my colleague here, I'm not going to bring him in on the conversation, but he plays football to a reasonably high standard, local football, yeah. and he's got a view about about Thomas Callas, as how he plays. And his view, Tom, shout it out. What's your view of Callas? I don't think he's in the right position. He don't think he's in the right position. He's always looking over his head like this. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not... a. And his tackles, he's a better version of those lunging last-ditch tackles than what Nathan Baker was. Callas does it and doesn't get injured. That was Nathan Baker's big problem. He'd go charging in and get... Like he got sent off against QPR that time, about three years ago. Anyway, look, we, we agree to differ. I haven't got a downer on him, I'm just saying that if he went, it would make financially
4: sense. And I don't yeah, think from it's a, the loss that Dave, from a, from a financial perspective, if he goes, it's the same as Naki Wells. Yeah, great. Get rid of him. Then what? If you were telling me, well, we're getting rid of Naki Wells because we got uh, Tommy Conway and Sam Bell, I'm going to laugh at you. And, now, now, no, and that's nothing against either player, they, but they need games.
3: First-team games, not under-23 okay. So I, I was just going to say just now, actually, I, I, based on how we started the summer with our signings and based on there's a reasonable likelihood that Naki Wells, for instance, would leave, I'd be amazed if Pearson hasn't got that person ready who or he wants to come in. He, he'll, he'll know who he wants. So I think the question is, how late is it? And is that player still available as and when it comes yeah. around? But I think he'll know exactly who he wants to come in to support that front three if Wells leaves. We're not... We're, we're clearly not going to bring anyone in if he doesn't, because we can't afford yeah. to. If he does leave, I'm pretty sure he'll have a name in mind or a name or two. And in would mind. that be maybe an experience? Would that be an experience name? Do you think? Um, possibly, possibly. Although I think with Vyman and Martin, he got a pretty mm. decent level of experience. Do you think there, had he
0: know. not gone to Millwall, or at Fobi would have been on that
3: list? Don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, he's obviously got injury concerns, and we've. Signed ninja players in the past. And yeah, yeah. no, that,
0: that's what I thought. It was a sentimental signing coming back. Yeah. All right, here, let's let's we have done Callis and Masenga sticking with you in two other players. Again, they're at of contract next summer so they can walk. And that is the uh, fully redeemed Jay de Silva and our number one goalkeeper, Dan Bentley. Yeah, no, there's been the odd rumor. I haven't heard any whispers of people wanting to come in for uh Wanted to come in for, uh, for for Jay, but Bentley's name's been touted around to a couple of, you know, would Bentley be happy potentially doubling his wages, being a number two goalkeeper at a premiership club. So Ian, you first on Bentley under Silva. We've either got to offer them extensions now or, or what? Because you've said if you won't sign an extension, go. That's always been a mantra that you've put out, Ian, isn't it?
4: Yeah, it is. And 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 but the bid still has to be. A sensible one because you have to replace the player with preferably a player of better quality, uh, even if that player is alone, um, or or a player of at least the same quality. Han, unless Han has changed his mind, he definitely wants to go. So uh, uh, that's and that's all I'll say on that one. Um, Dan Bentley, various rumours swirling around. Primarily last season, to be honest, I haven't seen anything this season. People talking about um, Southampton with the club that kept coming up, but as far as I I'm, I know, we have, we didn't receive any bids. Um, so yeah, um, the, the, the other player, same applies to Jade de Silva. He'll be on decent money. Uh, I know he's he's fully redeemed, but once again, if the right offer came in. Then I wouldn't have a problem seeing him go. And we've got Campering, but we could then go out and sign another left back. Um, and who was the other one you mentioned? Uh, just those two in that back. Dan Bentley and Jake. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, and the same to me applies to all of it. You know, I think 18 months out, you decide if you want a bloke to stay, offer him a contract. If he's umming and amming, say, well, look, it's just club policy now that we put you on the list. To, and we circulate your name is, is being available. We have a chat to your agent because we want you. There's the offer of the contract. We want you to stay, but we can't let a player of your quality leave the club for nothing. And, but, I think and again, you know,
0: these man. players, they, they hold all the aces because if you're sat there earning 12 grand a week, say, yeah, that's mm. just an average, not applying that to any player. If you're earning 12 grand a week, You've got to back yourself almost to have a good season rather than thinking, I'll take 10 grand a week today for a three-year deal. I mean, it's it's a difficult one and you don't envy Richard, because it is all down to Richard Gould realistically when it comes to the money. You don't envy Richard Gould in, in, uh, in what he has to balance, you know, the needs of the football club versus the needs of the finance. Uh, Paul, Bentley and De Silva, you know, somebody... I don't think anybody's going to come in for Jay, but he still costs us two and a half million, and he's out of contract next summer. But do you think we're at risk with 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 Bentley? And how would you be handling it with Bentley now, particularly as our number two goalkeeper is likely to
3: be on his way as well? Yeah, it's it's tricky, isn't it? And I think I think with Jay, I think someone could would come in from yeah if the price was right, and that's not probably not a huge price now. But I guess with all these players, I mean, unless you're if you think about players that are left this summer, if you look at Callum Dowda, We clearly didn't make him an offer of a contract, partly because he had so many injuries. Um, I suspect we've had initial conversations with Bentley and Callas and De Silva. I suspect just to sort of see where they are, see what their thinking is, um, and at some point we'll probably offer them, a, you know, half price cut deal, whatever it might be. Um, wage offer for another year or two or another extension. What well, I don't know of these is how many of them, if any, have got a year extensions, because these seem to pop up in contracts quite a bit. I don't think they the, have. the ones uh, we've the ones we've mentioned haven't. Haven't, okay. Um I think I'd be amazed if we didn't offer them something. Now, whether that amount of money and that offer from a club who has finished in the bottom six or seven of the last two seasons is enough for them is is obviously another question. And and yeah, what at what point do you start then offering them around? That's why I think if someone actively comes in for these players, you'd be crazy as a football club not to consider it because you've got finances to consider. And as much as that might be galling for fans to face losing two or three of your best high-profile players, mm-hmm. if you can go and get... I'm not saying we're going to do this, but if you can go and get £10 million for Bentley, Calas, and Jay De Silva this summer, when they're all out of contract next summer and maybe unlikely to sign a new contract, you've got to look at that. Of course you have, yeah. You've got to to consider that. Um, And that would make it a very tough summer for Pearson then to to look at replacing them. But as I said, my suspicion is similar to Callas. We're probably not actively out there pushing names out to people, but we wouldn't be putting a big barrier and wall up either, I suspect.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, um, I think we've done the players to death almost now, and then we're going to switch to other clubs. Before I do that, um, it's a player that he's now become a coach. Do Do you support... Andy
3: Keane getting a contract for another year, Paul? I think, on the basis, we didn't really see enough of him last year in, in full fitness. Um, and I suspect it's a pretty low contract, if I'm all in or on, in terms of wages, relatively. Pearson clearly wants him around. And I think, ultimately, you've got to get to a position where you trust that manager that he wants that player in the dressing room. He wants him coaching players. He wants him as an option in the field. I can't see he's going to be first choice if Joe Williams is fit. Um, but we know... Williams hasn't been fit much for two years, so yeah. If Masengo suddenly leave as well, we're suddenly a little bit short in that area, actually. In the central midfield, yeah. so um, what do you think about that,
0: Ian? Uh, Andy King getting a,
3: a year there's a player's
4: contract, isn't it? As a player, no, definitely not. Um, very injury prone, um, wrong age. Um, when he did play, I don't think he was great. Got himself sent off in one game and lost us the game. In my opinion, yeah. Um, do we need another coach?
0: Well, that brings me on to the next question. I ask you, Ian, and I'll come back to Paul. <laughs> let's just let just have Andy King is this season's uh, Danny Simpson, but uh, totally left the field. Came the appointment of uh, Jason Yule as a coach, who I remember. I've been trying to find it on the internet. I remember it's about 2003. Was in an orange ad. Orange mobile communications ad for text messaging, and Jason Yule is running through the street. But it's very interesting. And when you look back at some of the orange ads that are available on YouTube, they're talking about text messaging and photo messaging. Anyway, he I remember Jason Yule as that rather than as the Charlton Athletic uh, striker. But that was that was almost as left of field as Naismith signing in, wasn't it, Jason Yule? And a striker coach, you've not had one of those before.
4: Well, we've Now, our current first-team squad is 22 players, Mm. um, including two goalkeepers. And I think we've got... If you include Pearson as a coach, uh, we've got six coaches. Because Mm. when... uh, Was it Alex Ball went back down to the under-23s when Jason Ewell came in? So you've now got... um, so, So Downing and Simpson left um curtis fleming came in so you've got nigel curtis fleming pat mountain jason Yule, pat mountain um and she's a coach uh, cisa yeah i don't quite is see he
0: gone? she says not been we haven't seen she at all have haven't, we? Seen,
3: no, haven't seen no i haven't seen a while have we um, no. just,
4: and just quickly the reason you haven't seen callas in a, a, a lot of the training videos is as i understand he's still injured and, and Pearson said he had a, a minor procedure at the end of last season. He missed the last, I don't know, what he missed the last eight, 10 games. Of he, n-
0: he missed all that. But if it was a procedure that was linked to the injury that he's sort of been carrying, and I, I, I said this to somebody while I was away on holiday, it's bad planning that if he's had that procedure and he's not ready for a pre season, he could have taken him out the side
4: four weeks earlier and made sure 100% that he was ready for pre season. But it, it it could have been that um, he thought we didn't have enough points to. Yeah, save. no, absolutely, I agree so, with that. I mean, people people forget when you say, "Well, get rid of this player, get rid of that player, and look at the money we're saving." Yeah, that's fabulous. You get relegated; it's going to cost you at least a, a, a conservative estimate somewhere between eight and ten million pounds a season. So I think we need to get our priorities uh, right. But um, that being said, what we were talking about the coaches, yeah, I. T- I just don't know why you need that many coaches. I mean, if a, with the club pleading poverty, um, and well, I mean,
0: it's interesting you say that the club we may get hit by financial fair play. Like we got to PNS give a message, or or yeah. You talk about with the club pleading poverty, we've got to give a mention, uh, here to somebody who sadly passed away within the last uh day or so, which is uh, Clive Middlemass. We all remember Clive Middlemass as assistant yeah. to Terry Cooper. Yeah. Uh, I mean, those two guys, I think I read one of the stories that when Joe Jordan moved down, the club couldn't afford to pay for Joe Jordan to move down here. So Clive Middlemass and Terry Cooper said they'd help him move house. I mean, you know, Clive Middlemass, I met him a few times because it was in, the, well, a lot of times it was in the days when I used to cover... Uh, city for for gwr and you couldn't wish for a nicer bloke you know i mean he was i mean he was like that guy was who was danny wilson's assistant who was around trying to think was that frank barlow you know oh, yeah. they were the two they were a different generation again but you know they terry obviously we know about terry but clive was there as well your recollections of clive for uh, ian i mean and those days when you didn't have half a dozen coaches did you
4: well, this is, this is my point, Dave. I'm not saying I'm you know, hankering back to the good old days because some of the things about those days weren't very good. And you and I are both old enough to remember them. But, you know, I I just... One minute the club's saying, well, you know, if we get a points deduction, we get one. And it's profit and sustainability, this. And we need to be... You know, we don't know what the rules are yet and all this. And then we're appointing coaches mm-hmm. like they're going out of fashion. and And I just... No, I don't. The honest answer is, what do I know? How, how many coaches do you need at professional football clubs? So yeah. I'm not including anybody that, that looks after the, the under 23s or looks after the kids or anything like that. Uh, you've got all kinds of different safeguarding rules that you've got to have in place when you're, as Paul will know, when you're coaching young, young children and all the rest of it. So, yeah, fine. I'm not knocking that. I'm not knocking the analysts or the admin people or anything like that. But I'm just saying, do you need. Well, it's unless it,
0: it, it, prima facie, it looks an unnecessary expense. I mean, yeah. uh, Paul, do you, any any recollections of uh, Clive and your your views on uh, Jason, you're coming when, you know, is, yeah. you, uh, do we need a director of football or do we need a, a Steve Walsh type of guy looking at the playing side more than we needed another coach on the touchline on a match day?
3: So your thoughts on those? Two yeah, recollections on Clive, and not 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 someone that I know a huge amount about, but was obviously there when I first started watching under Terry Cooper, my first sort of era of watching football. And yeah, some yeah, some of the stories are very much are from a bygone era. But yeah, you admire the tenacity and the commitment of of people like them who yeah went and did whatever they could, um, you know, for the club at that time, and and did, you know did a huge amount of good in rebuilding us after a you know what was a very torrid few years. Um, I think on the coaching, I. One interview Pearson did, I think I've always had the suspicion, he's not a coach. He's admitted he's not a coach. He spoke to, I think it was 20man. He said, I'm a manager. I'm not a coach. I don't do coaching. So from a coach point of view, you rule him out straight away. He's better to oversee, to manage, to do everything else. Um, I think Alex Ball's probably going to be more likely involved in the academy. I'll be honest. I think from the outlay point of view, I mean, this guy's probably going to be on a month of Callas' wages at most, maybe, arguably, from a salary point of view. Yeah. Um, if you can get an extra edge by doing that, £100,000, whatever the investment might be in him, is that not worth it? You know, you, I know it's a totally different level. I take the point about funds and everything, but you know Liverpool have got a throwing coach. Yeah, they're, they're doing that to try and get that extra 1% of an edge okay. somewhere in a game. That's... And if we're trying to do that by having a specialist come in. Good point. <clears throat> Good point. Yeah, I get. Sorry, Ian, let me just come back on that. In the same way, that's the same
0: rationale for giving Andy King a contract. Yeah, if you want to give that little bit of an edge to the strikers, right, you've got a player who's going to be in the same position Andy King was next summer in Chris Martin. And what Chris Martin, Chris Martin knows all the younger players that are there now. Interestingly, Ian was there when Brian Tinian said it to us that Tommy Conway, uh, Brian sees Tommy Conway rather than this sort of very quick forward, as I see him. He sees him as the understudy, to Chris Martin, and I wonder—it's only a hundred grand, and that seems about the right number. Could we not have said to Chris Martin, you know, you, you you double up and become a striker coach, which would be good for his longer-term development? It's just just a thought. Um, Ian, you were going to pick up on Paul's point as well in that respect, yes? Is that right? Yeah. Well, it, oh, the throwing
4: coach. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean yeah. throw. I didn't mean throw. <laughs> I think
0: it was a throwing <laughs> was thinking... a coach. Rather
4: than a yeah. throwing coach, <laughs> no, I'd, I'd support us having a throwing coach because then we might stop taking long league throw-ins.
2: Yeah.
4: You know, throw it down the line for a flick on that went out with the Romans. Get the ball into the middle of the field, give it to somebody who can pass it and get on the front foot, please. Yeah. yeah? And, and that's, a, that's a view I share with Chris Honor. You yeah, know,
3: Paul, Paul. Paul. I, so I, think, I think what you have got, Jason, you someone who's worked with youngsters, obviously, at England level. And the fact that yeah. we have got a, a raft of, Six, seven, eight under twenties coming through. Hopefully, that will help. You know his experience in that and the way he's coached and developed. Isn't that what we areas. said?
4: Isn't that exactly what we said with Simpson in Downing that they they came out of the England setup, so we were going to have all the like you know, first dibs and all these brilliant young Premiership. Yeah, right, we
2: did one. Yeah,
4: won.
0: yeah. <laughs> I know that was that was the rationale for those guys coming in. Yeah, I didn't realize it was two years ago. Yesterday. That uh, Lee Johnson got to uh, yeah. leave home. My, how, how time flies. Okay, um, just conscious of time, guys, a couple of things you said about wasting money. I haven't had mine yet, but why have we gone to the expense that people have been putting images up on Twitter of these and noted, of these little presentation packages with your season card and a key ring in there? If you're a dodgy postman, you see something with a box, you know, you're going to get the first game. Free if you nick it out of the postcard. That's the first thing. The other thing as well, Nigel Pearson said that he could see Andy King being a future manager. I'll tell you who my tip is for the inevitable, not saying it's going to happen in the next 12 months, the inevitable change of manager that will come at Bristol City in time if he does make a good fist of it and bloody Lee Johnson got him out the door, PDQ because he was a threat. And that was Wade Elliott. I was really pleased to see Wade Elliott get the um, manager's job at uh, at at Cheltenham. Um, Any views on Wade Elliott at all, Paul? Because Lee Johnson got him out the door pretty damn quick. He got an excellent playing record. Yeah, yeah, Wade, and he's waited in the wings. He's got his chance. Do you see him maybe as a future City manager in X years' time?
3: Yeah, I guess yeah. You know, you've got when you got a link of being a former player and a former captain, and yeah, especially when you're managing just up the road. If you do well, then there's a you know there's there's going to be a link there, I guess, isn't there? Quite naturally. Um, he's got the attributes, I think. Certainly from what we can tell from the limited you know exposure we've had to him over a year and a half, two years. Um, and yeah, absolute best of luck to him. You know, I think that's um, you know, it's a great move for him. It's a great opportunity. It's a tough gig, bear mind, having you know. Following a, a very established, successful manager in, yeah, yeah. promoted. It's not, uh, not going to be easy, I don't think, to keep them up. But um, no, good luck to him. If he does a good job there, would you agree with that view as well,
0: uh, Ian?
4: Yeah, I think it's, uh, he's, he's certainly cutting his teeth at what I would say is the right level. Um, I liked him as a player, yeah. uh, I met, met him a few times, liked him as a bloke. So, yeah, good, good luck the way. Future Bristol City manager, who knows? Yeah, it depends what he does. It does depend. Well, we haven't, we, let's be honest, Dave. We haven't got a great track record in appointing managers, have we? No. no. You know, well, we don't even need to ways. talk
0: about that now because I don't know about yeah. you, but I've got that little feel of optimism that's come for the last 55 bloody years by quarter past three on Saturday, July the 30th. Very, very, very commendable. It soon evaporates, doesn't it? Paul, any clubs caught your eye in terms of the business that, that they've done in the transfer market so far. Um, Any moves caught your
3: eye? Yeah, I guess just very brief overview. I think West Brom for me have signed some very solid Championship performers and some good quality, um, and they needed to because they had a, a very pandered, like underperforming Premier League squad before, so they needed to go and do that. But you know, John Swift, um, who was the other guy, oh, Jed Wallace. You know, names, names that. I guess must have been on all clubs' lists to one yeah. degree or another, and you, you you quickly find out whether you're going to be likely to, to be able to sign them or not. Um, Cardiff have signed a lot of players, an awful lot of players. Um I actually spoke... To, I, I live in the same village as one of their players, and I spoke to him yesterday at a coffee shop, and he reckons there's four more coming in, which is interesting. So Goodness he's uh, yeah he's expecting more incomings there. Whether they're of equality or not, I think that's a big question for them. He's signed a lot of players from around the leagues, around, you know, yeah. lower leagues and et cetera. And obviously, you know, I have our, our friend Callum there. And Luton obviously lost two or three players, which was always going to happen with a club their size, wasn't it? With, you know, having had a good season. But they look to be recruiting pretty shrewdly, I would say, in terms of who they're replacing them with. And whether they can get back to the level they got to last year is a, is a big, big ask, I think. But they, they they followed up with the likes of Woodrow and Freeman. And they're looking at this Barnsley striker... Um, to to you know, spend some decent money on him, yeah. That they've done what looks like a lot of a very good business.
0: Yeah, yeah. Borough, Borough have done. I can't think of names, but i was just looking through. Borough, Hull have got a little bit of money now, haven't they? Under new ownership, um, and Millwall signed their best though. Yeah, Millwall signed a phobia as well. There a few said should he come back here, but pass on that now. Ian, any clubs caught your eye with what they've done, or maybe what they haven't done so far? Burnley have signed. Scott Twine and I guess that was the power of parachute uh, enabling uh, uh, them to get to get him yeah but because he was a sort of player we would have maybe been on our list but not affording not being able to afford when a club like that comes in for it
4: yeah well Burnley of just the 10 million pound striker the giant guy they signed at the end of last season they just sent him out on loan to Turkey so they paid 10 million for him and they just sent him out on loan to Turkey because, obviously, he, he's certainly serious money. He didn't score many goals for him.
3: He uh, had a relegation clause in his contract, though. He had what, sorry? He had a relegation clause. He was, he was very, right. Apparently, he was very clear he was not going to play in the championship when he signed.
4: Oh. <laughs> well, uh, there you are. Look, that's, that's very good. Millwall, um, the one I, I, I liked there particularly was the lad, Cantwell, from Leeds, who puts me in mind of Stephen Colker, who who we brought in on loan. Mm. So um, people say, well, yeah, they're youngsters and all this. But, I mean, Corker was one of the biggest men I've ever stood next to. He was huge. Now, okay, his career went a bit pear-shaped, didn't it? But when he was here, Mm. he was a fabulous player uh, as a centre-back young man. So that's something. uh, As I say, with, with exploring the loan market, which Pearson said we've had conversations with Premier League clubs about doing that. And then the Villa lad is being. Yeah,
0: now uh, you, you, I've tried to pronounce his name. It's spelled I R O E B G G B N A U M. How would you pronounce it? Irubnum.
3: Pardon? Irubnum. All right. Have you? Can you say that? That's about right, isn't it? His first
4: name's Tim, isn't it? That's what, that's what I always call him, yeah. It's a lot easier if they're
3: doing the shirts, to,
0: I don't know whether they charge by the letter or just for printing a name. Yeah, they do. But what was it? Pele was Ed- Edison, Nascimento, blah, 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 blah. and he was called Pele for short, wasn't he? Yeah. So if we do sign well, the, the, the Villa uh, lad, I think Tim probably <laughs> probably the better name. Yeah, stick Tim on the
4: shirt. That'll do. We know who he is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he impressed me for the under-19s. I must admit, big, powerful, strong lad, decent with a ball at his feet, can move with it as well, so he's not just one of these blokes that sits in front of the back three or the back four and kicks people um you know he's a he's a footballer as well, um so if we could get him on loan and and that comes into a bigger question when you're looking at who do we need and i I think not including the goalkeeper, I still think we're we're three uh three players short um and uh, where the players fit in if we're gonna go with the three four one two again
0: well that's uh, so just, just take it on to the final sort of section of the podcast it's the shape I mean are we in agreement that it's a three four one two is his Preferred lineup, you first. Paul, three, four, one, two. I know you can change during the game, and we've yeah, got yeah. the players that can change that structure.
3: But is three, four, one, two your preference? Your yeah, I think. Preference? Well, give, given given the way we finished the season, given the way he sort of half jokingly talked about stumbling upon a system that suited to front three and got us scoring goals, um, and the fact that we signed a right wing back who's very much a wing back and not a right back. Um, and signed a centre back who was in a three for most of last season. It looks right, no-brainer.
0: All right, I'm going to come back to you in a second, Paul, with the lineup, your predicted lineup. Ian, three, four, one, two, non.
4: You know that's it. Nailed on. Yeah, um, I think it's very likely. I wouldn't say nailed on, um, but then you you start to look at, start to ask questions like, okay, if we we sign the wing back. We're gonna play uh three, four, one, two, which means you've got two central midfield players. I won't call them holding players, but they are two central midfield players and two wing backs. So we we know the wing backs. Um, the two in midfield, where do you fit Alex Scott? Well, let's come, come to that
0: in a second. Right. Well, where do you fit Alex Scott? As I said at the start of the podcast, or maybe before we started recording, the fact that Semenyo's Injured for let's say up until end of September. That's worst case scenario. Absolute worst case scenario. He misses everything between now and the World Cup break, which is a third of the season. He could do that. So Semenyo's out of it. Paul, your starting lineup on July the 30th away at Hull might be different if it was home to Sunderland, and that's gonna be a cracking opening own fixture
3: first, I have to say but Paul you're opening uh, 11 at Hull yeah I mean, missing Semeni is obviously really key isn't it like, he was the most important player I thought for how, how we played yeah like, last third of the season uh, so you're going to go obviously Bentley in goal I think I'll be going probably Callas close to Naismith which leaves Atkinson a little bit unlucky um, Wilson and Jada Silva I think you probably start Matty James and Joe Williams if they're both fit. And I then was wonder whether... So I have wondered whether we might look to use Alex Scott to help rotate Chris Martin a little bit this season, which with some out it might do that. You, you push Weidman further forward and play Scott in that 10 role or slightly more advanced midfield role. Um, the, the, we talked about him earlier. The problem I have with Naki Wells is I'm not quite sure he really fits into that formation, but yeah, you know, he might have to be tried, you know. And if we if we go in with a front three on that first day of um Naki Wells, Chris Martin, and Vyman in behind, I certainly wouldn't be disappointed at giving it a try. So so I'll repeat that back there then. So
0: you've gone probably obviously lose, probably... Bentley, Kamaskos, Naismith, Wilson on the right, Jada Silver on the left, Matty and Joe in the middle, Scott in behind with Vyman and Martin? Are you saying Naki Wells in a, in a three? No, I
3: think I personally would try Scott there and try, yeah. try him in that natural position but I wouldn't be dreadfully upset if it was Wells and Martin with Vyman in behind. Remember, Scott's played a lot of games right through Doom as well now so yeah. he might want to ease him into the season for that very first game as well. Yeah. yeah. Did you watch any of uh, Alex's England? Before? I only, unfortunately. I was yeah, busy. It looked, um, yeah... Looked very impressive in, in large patches, I would say, from what I saw. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see any, but I was reading between the
0: lines the final game, which although they won, and he obviously came on and made a difference in the semi-final, but there was a lot of, you said, a lot of Premier League kids out there that were trying to do the Hollywood passes when they weren't playing as a team. And the thing that Alex Scott has got ahead of all of them is that he's got minutes on the pitch, hasn't he? Yeah. In the second, well, probably the fifth most competitive league in Europe. OK, uh, Ian, your lineup, I'm thinking you're probably not going to say anything different, are you?
4: Or are you? It, 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 uh, I um, was uh, doing some work the other day and I, and I said, okay, if the season started tomorrow with no additional signings, um, what would you do? So mine was Bentley, back three of Callas on the right, closer in the middle, Naismith on the left. Uh, Wilson and Jada Silva, the two wing backs. Williams and James is your two midfield. With Semenyo injured, I'd have Scott at ten, and uh, with Voinan and Martin in front of him. There you go, exactly, exactly the same. I think I, th- I think you know, and then then on the bench, you've you've got more options. I mean, you've got quality on the bench in Masengo, Sykes, Wells, Atkinson, Pring. You know, King. you, you King. might want to put a right-sided defender on, on the bench. I I don't know. Well, you you could use, you know, if, if Wilson got a knock or he got tired or anything, you could use Scott. Uh, or Sykes. Nick, the Sykes, the bench, Sykes yeah. there doing that. And Tommy Conway as well, you know. You, well, you could put, if you want to play two strikers, it's, it's Wells and Conway, isn't it? Yeah, on the bench, I mean.
0: But then, OK, so we're in agreement. And that's what it looks like as we are now. The problem comes, and it's a nice problem to have, uh, is if um, is when Cemeno's fit. Yeah,
4: yeah. Do you change the whole shape of the team? No, I don't think you do. But you've, you know, we're looking at this and we're saying Williams and James to start. How many games will they be able to play? Three games a week? I don't think so. Um last season, how many how many games are you gonna get out of the two of them in the season? So are we saying that we're expecting Matty James and Joe Williams to play 40 games a season between them? Yeah. I don't mean 20 each, I'm talking about 40 games each. Hmm. So I'd say probably no, I think you'd be lucky to get 30 games.
0: Well, the interesting Pearson keeps saying that. Joe Williams was available 70% of the time. I have under done the calculation. I'm sure that's the sort of thing Dave Febbs would have done. But, I mean, if you get 30 games out of each of those, and you've got to bear mm-hmm. in mind, Hanoa might be here for another year, and I'm sure Pearson will use him even if he doesn't sign. <laughs> yeah. You've got a ready-made deputy there. You've also got you've also got Josh Hours that can come in and feature as well. So yeah. you're right, though, Ian. It's, diff- it's difficult, but... You know, if Semenyo does come back, um, you know... If
3: Mas- I'd say if Masengo and Scott both stay, I'd expect Josh Hour to go out on loan. Yeah. I think if, if one of them goes, they might look at numbers and try and hang, keep them around. But I think if they both, yeah. they both stay, we've suddenly got four plus King in there. And you talk about future transfers
0: between now and the window shutting. Anybody who's going to come in has got to be, and you, you talked there, Ian, about the bench, anybody who's going to come in has got to be better than anything that is there. There's no point in going out and signing. I see no point in signing another you know, Sykes type of player because he's a pun. Would you agree with that, Paul?
3: Yeah, I think so, yeah. I guess the only alternative is if you're talk, going back to talking about those players who've got one year left and you've got a longer-term view on it, they might not be quite better than Bentley or De Silva or Callis, but they might be... More affordable for the next three years, rather than that's the only. If they go, out. I mean,
0: because yeah. if if Callas goes, as we say, if he if he went, if well, if, if Bentley went, we'd have a bigger problem. If somebody a Premier League yeah. club comes in, because Max O'Leary probably going to go, and then we get the youngster, and then somebody comes in with an offer for Bentley, and he says, "Well, I'm not going to sign the contract you've given me in a year, yeah. even if we've been offered something." And he goes, "You then got to go out and get." A, top-quality goalkeeper at a championship standard, haven't you? It's, it's, yeah, it's, and
4: there, there, there'll be plenty available as a third or fourth choice at a Premier League club. Yeah. Uh, remember, the lad that we're, we're talking about signing from uh, France, is he shares the goalkeeping position for France, I think he's under 23s, uh, with Melier at Leeds. So I, I, don't, I don't think he would be a poor goalkeeper. And apparently... No. He's just, his distribution is excellent as well. So, you know, I think, and I like the idea of O'Leary, Wiles Richards going out on loan. I, I think, and, and, and playing uh, proper men's senior football with, with all that that entails, the, 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 the rigours of that, um, particularly in the lower leagues, I think, is really, I think it's really important for them to go out and show what they can do. And, and another thing that that does yeah. is it puts them in the shop window. Yeah. So if somebody did want to buy a keeper, we, with Max O'Leary, he's got a year left on his contract, but we, we do hold a one-year option.
0: True. So, so he does have some value next summer Yeah. anyway then.
4: Yeah, there's half um, a dozen of the young players that have got that option. Semenyo's another one.
0: Yeah, Paul, what value would you put on Alex Scott now and is it beyond the realms of possibility that a Premier Club could come along and say, we give you £15 for him now and we loan him back to you for the whole of next season? Is that a scenario and is that the right number or do you think it should be higher? I think think higher than
3: that. I think I'd be very, given the length of his contract, given his age and his potential, I'd be amazed if we considered anything under 20 to 25 personally. Okay. Um, I I suspect my gut feel is my gut feel is the likelihood is that he will have a good half a season with us. Someone will come in in January with, with 25, 30 million and maybe loan him back for yeah. the second half of the season, um, and take a punt on him there. But but yeah, I, give, give, you said given the number of games he's played, given the way he performed alongside some very high potential, you know, other youngsters in that squad, he's he's mm-hmm. going to be on the radar of most clubs at that level, isn't he? And also, bear, bearing
4: in mind that he played the vast majority of the time out of position. Yeah, I, absolutely. I that. But it'll people will look that at the number
0: of minutes on the pitch. Yeah. And it, it doesn't matter. He's got minutes on the pitch yeah. ahead of any of his peers
4: in that under well, I, I agree 100% with what Paul said. Um, it, it, I, I wouldn't... Somebody came in at 15 million, I'd say, well, yeah, but you need to add to that, obviously. Mm. And when I say 20, 25 million, I'm talking... A minimum of 20 million with add ons.
3: Yeah. Yeah. As a base. Yeah. yeah. If
4: you did. Serious add ons. If somebody
0: did come in though at 15, I'm just trying to think of the financial side of it. You could protect yourself by saying, right, it's 15 million up front now, and then 5 million after 20 appearances, 5 million after 50, and another five. You could do a deal like that.
4: It's got to be achievable stuff. None of this pie in the sky. Right. We've done but that we up, we know, want Italy. our finances,
0: it, that, that some move for him could solve our financial crisis
4: at a stroke. And a move for players that Ashton sold could also do the same. Mm. So, Josh Brownhill, all over the papers. Seven clubs are interested in taking him from Burnley. Uh, Lloyd Kelly, Adam Webster, mm. substantial sell on, so they could move and we might not have to shift anybody.
0: Yeah, which is good. Okay, guys, look, it's been interesting. You've been, you, uh, we've not been controversial here. Or you've not, you know, <laughs> we haven't had to talk about, we're not talking about the game. We have sound like a
4: bunch of happy crackers on here, don't we? Well, yeah. what, what you'll have to do, well, as I said, I'm, I'm, Cautiously optimistic, we'll stay in the division. If you're saying to me, you know, do you think we can make the playoffs at the moment? I'd say, well, look, let's see how how all the new players do at the start of the season, because the chances are we'll have two or three more new players by the start of the season. And let's look at the first 10 games, and then we can make an assessment. I mean, a lot of depend on the usual stuff. We've been plagued with injuries really, for the last two seasons. I mean, we went into every international break last season with between four and eight players injured. Yeah. Um, so, so that's interesting. I still think we need a centre-back, uh, a defensive midfield player, and a centre-forward. So, so somebody that can play when Martin doesn't. So, you know, if Si knows, and you know yourself, two or three players can turn um, a mid-table side into a top six side, yeah. No,
0: I, I I don't disagree with that. And Paul, are you are you quite are you? Conf, how, how, where is your confidence level at the moment? Because everything coming out of the club, Nigel Pearson, I thought looked energised as well with some of his chats. I don't think he was a well man when he came to mm-hmm. the club, and you know he seems as though he got his mojo back. At the tail end of the season, he seems as though he's got it back even more now hearing him talk, seeing him in that picture with the he's obviously got a sense of humour
3: uh, as well. Are you confident? Yeah, I think if you could say to me right now on September the 1st, Semenyo and Scott will both be at the club, then I'd be reasonably confident, certainly edging towards the top half. I think, you yeah, the fact that they've got another year of development under their belt, the fact we brought in a couple of players... Um, but they, I think Semenya, especially, is really key. Um, and I also wouldn't underestimate that illness of Pearson factor. I think, you know, yeah, we would know what it's like running businesses, all three of us. If you're if you're at 80%, especially if you're in a high intensity, yep. high energized role, and you're not quite feeling it, and you're not quite feeling it for weeks and weeks and weeks on end, that must be really tough to get that mm-hmm. energy in the dressing room and get that motivation going sometimes. So I think we shouldn't underestimate the impact that had on him, certainly in the early part of last season.
0: Yeah, most definitely. All right, guys. Well, look, it's been uh, a pleasure. We'll chat for a second, I'm sure, after I press the end of recording button. But uh, thanks again on this uh, bit some amusing edition of Forever Bristol City Podcast. Thanks to Ian Gate and to uh, Paul Bennett.
1: What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy. As happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing and along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he stops throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if i blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red red robin out bob, 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 bobbing along. When the red red robin comes bob, 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 bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. live. Love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song
2: If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. 123. That's 116 123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you're still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. All the McDelivery now and the McDonald's app. UN. our participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery and times supply see mcdonalds.com
0: this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans